Welcome to Connect to Joy. Your host, Carol DeShane, is an intuitive spiritual guide for practical matters and Marconic multidimensional energy practitioner. Her quest is to help you realize new possibilities, discover and release what holds you back, and enable you to manifest an inspired life filled with joy. Join us on this journey of transformation. Now, here's your host, Carol DeShane. Welcome, beautiful spirits. What has happened to compassion today? Does it seem like it's totally missing to you? Now, in social media and on the news, you just see people screaming at each other, taking sides and being nasty. No one can hear the other person's point of view anymore. No one seems to care about it or or where someone else is coming from or what they may be suffering through. We only seem to care that we're right and we get everyone to agree with us. You couldn't pay me enough to be a customer service representative. I can only imagine what they have to go through. Common courtesy, unfortunately, isn't so common anymore. Kind of like common sense. We don't seem to have filters that stop us from saying rude or obnoxious things to other people and really hurting them sometimes. And people without filters used to be crazy cousin Ermengarde or ancient Uncle Fred. But now almost everyone on the planet seems to be doing the same thing. It used to be funny or, oh, it's those cute old people that did that. And now no one seems to have been raised with that filter that says, don't say that. That would be hurtful. Compassion literally means to suffer together. And I'm not asking you to do that. But Merriam-Webster says, compassion is a sympathetic consciousness of others' distress with a desire to alleviate it. Today, we're going to talk about why compassion. Is it worth it? The benefits of compassion? Self-compassion, which you might not even think of, and how you can get some of it if you need it. Eight different ways to find compassion when you'd rather yell at someone or ignore them. And a compassion exercise I learned many years ago. Let's start with why compassion. When you see the world, does it scare you? With all that's going on, do you feel fear of what's going to happen to you? Do you lash out or or stay in your own survival mode, maybe? Maybe you become more of a hermit, so you're safer. Or maybe you see others as a threat to you. And even if you don't, others around you may be acting like this and you may not know how to cope or what's going on and how to deal with it. Learning to find inner peace amidst the chaos, learning to find empathy for others that are caught up with it, and learning that you don't need to fix anyone, but still be able to offer caring and compassion can be a a huge shift in your life. It can really make you feel better about what's going on with you and with the world. You might not only bring yourself some inner peace by offering compassion, but help others at the same time. And sometimes when someone's suffering, All they really need is for you to lend a hand, an ear, or shoulder, and it may not be as hard as you think. A couple of weeks ago, my podcast was all about just letting your light shine, inspired by a friend of mine. How to sit back and not worry that all you're doing is raising your vibration and holding peace and love for the planet. That's enough. Give a listen to that if you're having underlying problems with compassion. That might help you. But in the meantime... Let's look at the benefits of compassion. The more you practice caring about others, the easier it'll be to care about yourself and everyone else in your life. Less arguments and misunderstandings, less divisiveness. 
Now, if you're worried about what others think of you, if you practice compassion for others, other people will really like you more and they'll think really good things about your character. They won't think that you're nasty or opinionated or judgmental because maybe that's where you were. Maybe not. But maybe that's what people will see now is this kindness and this amazing compassionate side of you. If you act with compassion, the law of attraction says that when you need it, compassion will come back to you from others. And that's kind of a good benefit, isn't it? Because sometimes we just need that when we're going through a hard time. If you want to make a difference in the world at the end of the day, you'll feel like you did. Another benefit is that your vibration will raise up from the lower bandwidth of anger, anxiety, worry, frustration, or or whatever you're feeling to compassion, which is on the love and peace higher vibrational frequency. You'll make people feel special and heard, and in time you'll feel better about yourself. The more compassion you show others, the more compassion you'll have for yourself when you don't do something right or perfect, and vice versa, because we're all human and we all make what we consider mistakes from time to time. So it's nice to have people not judge you and point fingers at you, and same goes for vice versa. According to mybestself101.org, other benefits, according to various studies, find that the benefits of compassion include improvement of our emotional intelligence, our engagement with life, the quality of our relationships, and the lives of those we encounter. And additionally, compassion leads to flourishing, mindfulness, supportive relationships, self-compassion, and recognizing our interconnectedness with others. And those are some pretty great benefits. I'm going to move on to self-compassion. So what is that? If you think of it as treating yourself the way you would treat your best friend who's having a really bad time, you know, with warmth and understanding, that's what self-compassion is. If you thought that your best friend didn't do their best or they screwed up in some way, you probably wouldn't say, hey, you blew it. Yes, you are too old or you are too screwed up to have love or take on that new job. We tell them instead, better luck next time, or they just don't know how wonderful you are, and and if they did, they'd see you for who you truly are. But do we say things like that to ourselves when something goes wrong? Do we do that with the warmth and understanding and the love that we give to maybe our best friend? If you realize that everyone makes mistakes, we aren't perfect in our humanness, then maybe we'll have a little more kindness towards ourselves, and we will be more compassionate. Listen to what you say to yourself when something goes what you might consider wrong, and you'll see just how you treat yourself. If you need to delve into this more, selfcompassion.org by Dr. Kristen Neff has some amazing exercises you can try and MP3s that you can download. I think they're all free. They're on the website under the Practices tab. And again, that's self-compassion.org. Among the exercises are a few I've been recommending for years to my clients, and I'm happy to see them on their list. These are the three that I love and that I've been talking about to my clients. To change your critical self-talk, which if you can catch yourself doing it, it isn't that difficult, but usually we don't even hear ourselves until we become hypervigilant and we really pay attention. And then all of a sudden we go, oh, did I just say that to myself? Yee. The second one is writing a letter to yourself about an issue or something about yourself you don't like from a place of understanding and acceptance. I've always loved that one. And the third one is a compassion journal, 
where you write down what didn't go quite as you planned it each day and how you feel about it so you can see how you treat yourself. And then you read what you wrote and you shift and you add in the self-compassion from a different lens. Now, I don't think the self-compassion.org says to write down the negative, but generally I tell my clients to do that because it enables them to actually see what they were saying to themselves, what that negative self-talk was or has been. And then they go, oh, yeah, I see it. Because if you only go straight to the positive in that journal, you'll go, oh, yes, of course, I'm all brightness and light. And I feel like you need to see that negative first in print where you go, oh, then you can cross that out if you want. Just one line through it. So you go, nope, canceling that out. And then you write down a new way of being, this new self compassion that you're working on. Now I'm going to be talking about eight ways to find compassion when you need it. The first way is to give someone the benefit of the doubt, because a lot of times when you're on texting or even Facebook, you're emailing someone, you can't hear their tone of voice. You don't know if they're kidding or if they're saying something and you just may take it the wrong way and go, huh, well, blah, 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 blah. And if you stop and you think, okay, I don't need to go there. If you think compassion for yourself that they aren't necessarily going to do it, or for them that maybe they just didn't realize how they wrote it out, then that will stop a whole misunderstanding right there from the beginning. So give someone the benefit of the doubt. The second thing is to practice kindness. We don't do that nearly often enough anymore in this world to pull out the warmth and the understanding for someone to do a good deed when someone isn't in a good place, to take that moment. Step outside yourself if you need to, because maybe kindness wasn't the first thing you thought of when somebody said something nasty to you or tried to automatically poke you for something because they didn't agree with you and they judged you. So maybe you need to take that moment and find that kindness and put out warmth and understanding. Can't always be easy, I know, but it is something that will work in some situations. The third thing to practice compassion is to put your filter back up, people. Don't speak without checking in to see if what you're going to say is going to hurt somebody. Just think about it. It could be taken wrong. Then really think about it. You don't have to overthink. But uh, maybe you don't have a filter in the first place because you weren't raised that way. But let me tell you, a filter will make a huge difference in the way you deal with the world. I know sometimes... As I've been around people, as they get older, they go, I don't want to put up with this shit anymore. I don't have to. I'm going to say whatever I think. Well, when someone's older, sometimes you have a little more patience for people that say things like that. Or maybe you find it funny, like that old Uncle Fred that I was talking about earlier. But with every single person doing that, it is not a good place in the world. So look at why you're saying things to people. And put that filter back up because sometimes the only reason why that we say something rude or obnoxious or judgmental is because we want to feel better about ourselves or we want to have this one-upmanship with somebody going, well, I was right and you were wrong. So let it go and find some other way to continue the conversation. Put that filter back up. This is a huge one. The fourth one is to become more mindful. And when people say that, I've always had to look it up when I was not quite sure what it was. So mindfulness is a healthy awareness of 
being in the now of the present moment of the thoughts, your emotions, and your experiences, be fully present, but be there with a curiosity and you're staying open and accepting of what's happening so that if somebody has a total opposite belief of you, you can be mindful and have that curiosity and say, really, what makes you feel that way? What makes you believe that way? And not in a, what made you believe that way? kind of tone. And that's why you don't want to do it by text or necessarily Facebook, but you might say, well, give me more information. I'm interested in learning why you came to that conclusion because I don't have that conclusion, but maybe I like what your reasoning is behind it. Maybe you'll shift my mind. So tell me, what is it? Being more mindful and being more in the present moment means that you're more neutral as well. You stay more in the neutrality of really, and you're curious and you want to know more. The fifth thing you can do is to really listen to what people are saying. If you don't agree, ask them questions, like I said before, and that's being more in the present moment, but really, really listen. Don't just ask them and without judgment, which is what I already said, but listen to what they're saying. Hear them. Ask more questions from a non-demanding, don't interrogate them. I've been known to do that when I first learned how to ask questions of someone because I wanted to know more about them. I sounded like a drill sergeant. I sounded like I was interrogating them about what was going on. So be aware how you put it out there in the world. You want to come from more of a loving, curious place instead of a, really? Well, why do you feel that way? (laughs) Shine the bright light on them of interrogation. It's like, no, 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 you don't want to do that. You just want to listen and hear what they're saying. The sixth thing is you can find inner peace. Ooh, can you figure that out? How do you do that? Well, finding inner peace, I'm going to be having an interview coming up soon with a guest that has a new book out on that. And let me just say that taking a step back from what's bothering you and take a moment, if you connect to source, then whatever that looks like to you, connect to your source or to your own inner peace And that will reflect out into the world and you'll automatically have compassion at that time. You won't need to look for it if you can just take that step back and do that. Now, the seventh thing is empathy. But again, you have to take that step back. You can't just jump in all guns blazing with how you're feeling about something. Feel what that person is feeling. Their past or or what they may be suffering from will totally shift your perspective if you know why they're saying something. And if it's someone you care about, you want to know that. If it's some random person on Facebook, you may just not engage them. But sometimes we just want to know, what is it that makes you feel that way? What is it about this that got your dander up, that got you so excited? Tell me, I want to know so I understand you better. You might need to revert back up to number five and really listen to what people are saying to make this work. Because empathy, if you don't understand why, you're not going to have empathy for somebody necessarily. If you can't get it automatically, then ask questions, be curious, and listen. And then empathy will be easier to have. And the eighth thing is you don't always have to do something outwardly. Remember, you don't have to fix them or change their opinion. They are entitled to their own journey. Every single person is entitled to their opinion, to their beliefs. Even if you look at it and go, 
what? Are you nuts? Why are you doing that to yourself? You're believing something that's totally screwing you up and your life looks like it. It doesn't matter. It's not yours to fix unless the person is your child and they're eight. It's not yours to fix. You can be there for them. You can empathize. You can have compassion and you can watch them sometimes go up in flames because they have to learn the lessons for themselves. You can take steps if you feel you need to, but literally, even if you do an intervention, you cannot fix that person. You can try and wake them up, but if they're not ready to shift their journey, they won't do it. Sometimes all you can do is send a person love, peace, or seeing them finding what they need, seeing them being able to have more, to be more in your opinion than where they are now. Let me give you an example on this last one. So if you see an argument on Facebook, one person tells their viewpoint and various others agree or disagree, and sometimes they get a little inflamed with the discussion, people get a little nasty, you don't necessarily have to jump in and say something that will turn everyone on you. That's the time to send the people connected to the discussion, love or peace or whatever feels right to you. Find compassion for each one of those people in their belief structure. They're each speaking out what they feel is right, maybe without a filter, maybe just out there spewing whatever they believe, but it doesn't matter. No, you don't have to necessarily jump in and say anything. You don't have to give every homeless person you see money if as that might be really tough for you, but you can visualize them getting a meal, having a place to sleep that's warm and dry and whatever they need being supplied by the universe for them. That can be the kind of compassion that you're holding. You can hold that knowledge that they will be okay. But if you have someone specifically that annoys the heck out of you for one reason or another, how can you feel compassion? You can't necessarily be compassionate in some instances. So I want to give you a compassion exercise that I learned years ago in a course that Harry Palmer put out. It was an avatar course. It's extremely helpful at shifting your viewpoint and letting go of that negative emotion. Now, it is now on YouTube, so I'm not giving anything away. So if you want to Google it, it is definitely called a compassion exercise by Harry Palmer. And I'm going to go through it so that you can write it down if you want, so you can use it. And like I said, you can Google it. It is on YouTube word for word like this. And this is how I learned it as well. So you want to pick someone that is annoying you or that you're having particularly problems having compassion for, whether they're being annoying, they're choosing to do something against you maybe, or your spouse or your children or whatever it may be, that you're going to choose someone and repeat this to yourself in your head or out loud if you're by yourself, it doesn't matter. So first you're going to say, just like me, this person is seeking some happiness for his or her life. And you can put his or her in there. So the first one again is just like me. This person is seeking some happiness for his or her life. The second one is just like me. This person is trying to avoid suffering in his or her life. Just like me, this person is trying to avoid suffering in his or her life. Just like me, this person has known sadness, loneliness, and despair. 
Again, that one is just like me. This person has known sadness, loneliness, and despair. The next step is, just like me, this person is seeking to fill his or her needs. Just like me, this person is seeking to fill his or her needs. And the last one is, just like me, this person is learning about life. Just like me, this person is learning about life. So if you do it yourself, you do each one one time, and I'm going to go through it once so you can double check if you wrote it down that you got it right. And here we go. I'm going to use her, as in the person I'm dealing with would be a her. So I picked someone, and let's say her name is Gertrude. I don't know any Gertrude, so I'm not labeling anybody in particular. So if I would think about Gertrude, I would say, just like me, Gertrude is seeking some happiness for her life. And then I'd let it sink in for a moment. Just like me, Gertrude is trying to avoid suffering in her life. Hmm. Just like me, Gertrude has known sadness, loneliness, and despair. Just like me, Gertrude is seeking to fill her needs. And just like me, Gertrude is learning about life. And between each one, you take a breath and you feel it through. And you feel that compassion starting to kind of shift into gear because you're starting to identify with that person. And if you want and you have trouble doing it by using the person's name, you can say, just like me, this person, but picture that person in your mind's eye rather than saying the person's name. You can do that too. Remember, you can look it up on YouTube. It's called The Compassion Exercise and it's led by Harry Palmer. Or you can take the avatar courses, which I also highly recommend if it feels like it resonates with you. Remember the next time you see something on social media where people are arguing about opposing sides, you see a homeless person or someone rubs you the wrong way and you want to like snarl at them, compassion can shift the entire situation for you and for everyone around you. Being compassionate isn't weakness. Let me say that again. Being compassionate is not weakness. It is a huge strength that you might have. It's like superpower. Have a big C on your chest. The compassionate woman or compassionate man. Being able to take that step back and see things and people from a higher perspective. It's a true gift to yourself and all those around you. And compassion, it isn't just about other people. Remember to have compassion for yourself. Any imperfections and flaws and anything you consider wrong choices you've made, have that self-compassion. And check out self-compassion.org for more on that and all the downloads for exercises they provide on their website. Everything I read about that was very wonderful and very cool. And if you have problems moving into that compassionate place for others, try some of the eight ways I gave you to hook back into it. Here those eight things again are really quickly. Giving someone the benefit of the doubt just so there's no misunderstandings going on there. Practicing kindness. Re-erect or erect for the first time those filters that you use to go through before you say anything that might hurt someone's feelings. Being mindful, staying fully in the present moment. Really listening to the other person, using curiosity and not judgment. Connecting to source to find inner peace. Using empathy. And lastly, Know that you don't need to fix anyone or change their opinion. 
It's their journey. So just sit back and send love to them and appreciation that they're going through something that perhaps you have no way of understanding. They're passionate about something so you can be compassionate about that, knowing that they don't have to believe the same way that you do. And of course, try that compassion exercise by Harry Palmer. When it all comes down to it, sometimes we need an exercise just like that, especially with difficult people or people we have no clue why they act the way they do. I'm asking in this podcast that we care about everyone, including ourselves, that we treat them like they matter and with common courtesy, that we care enough to offer compassion and empathy without getting sucked into the argument, the depression, or the lower density emotions that may be being spewed at us. You have the power to change the world, and compassion is a beautiful way to start. Thank you for listening to Connect to Joy. If you love the show, make sure you rate, review, and share this podcast. And subscribe so you never miss an episode. Contact the host, Carol DeShane, with questions and comments, ideas for future episodes, or if you would like to become a guest. And remember, transformation is a journey and not an end destination. So be kind to yourself, because you are already enough to have the joyful, limitless life that you desire.